Hey, uh, hey, Ken. Yeah. Did you know that the president of the United fucking States of America gave his State of the Union address today? Yeah. I got Twitter notifications about it and everything. Did you also know that it sucked ass? Uh, who would have fucking guessed, Justin? <laughs> wow. So yeah, wow. State of the Union happened. I'm just going to talk about it for like a quick second. What's um, the State of the Union? It, it's it's not great, man. Uh, on a scale of one to... Ah! It's a... Ah! <laughs> Alright. It's not a... I don't think it's a full-fledged... Ah! But I feel like it's a, it's a bit of an ah. Uh, I think it's been a full fledged ah uh, for a long time now. But hey, whatever. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> it's not great. But well, I'm sure Trump thought it was great. The but, only thing, but like, what is it actually? There's yeah. only a couple things I want to address real quick, and uh, I don't want to get too political about this. <sighs> uh, I just want to mention a couple things that I found a little humorous that happened in it. Thing Trump, number one. Did Trump poop himself? Oh, I, dude, I wish. Holy fuck. <laughs> well, he might have. He just didn't know about it. Thing number one. Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Speaker of the Hoose. <laughs> yeah. The entire time, she was sitting, you know, right behind the president on the right side, as the speaker does. Oh, I bet she looked happy. I couldn't tell whether it was <laughs> she wanted to leave or she literally wanted to jump off a bridge at any given moment during that speech. Both could happen. She and then, could, like... She could leave and then go jump off a bridge. There were moments where, like, he would say something and, you know, everybody would start clapping. And then she would just roll her eyes and start clapping. <laughs> it's it fair. And it's, like, it's she's, fair. like, right on camera. It was really funny. Another thing, Trump gave this whole, like, anti-socialism speech thing. And then... I'm watching the, I think, the ABC feed of it. And as soon as he says that, the camera fucking switches over to Bernie Sanders <laughs> just sitting there. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> I started losing it. They just got us paid over to Mr. Socialism. Is that what they're fucking doing? Yeah, that's doing? exactly what they were fucking doing. Thanks, ABC. And he's just sitting there like, he looks up and he knows the camera. And he says like this what the fuck look on his face. <laughs> It was so funny. He had a he had a Larry David moment. Mm-hmm. Of course, they say socialism and pan over to me. Boom, 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 <laughs> and also he uh he started uh he started the whole speech off with talking about uh you know giving that whole bipartisan bullshit talking point. He's like everybody got to come together, shit like that. Uh-huh. And then, like, immediately after, he's like, the wall is being built, no matter what. <laughs> oh, yeah, we gotta come together, all right. And then the one thing the Dems said the whole time during this whole wall thing... Is nope. No wall. No wall. And he's like, no, fuck, like, let's come together. No, fuck you. Talk about compromise. He's like, no, fuck you. No compromise. <laughs> oh, God. Is there something about, uh, I saw a notification about something like he talked to Kim Jong-un... Yeah, he's been talking to Kim Jong-un. Apparently they have a, quote, good relationship. Oh, God. But, like, why? Uh, Him and Dennis Rodman. I I don't know. (sighs) Good old Dennis still kicking it over there, ain't he? Uh, yeah, probably. Why why do we live in a hellscape? 
Why do we just live in a hellscape? Like, what happened? Have we ever not lived in a hellscape? No. Or, or like... No. Has it just gotten progressively worse? No, it's just a different kind of hellscape right now. I, I think I think the kind of hellscape is just, you know, a little more visible. I, I think it's closer to a, uh, a situ- like, the situation is as bad as it is in The Matrix 3 as opposed to the situation is as bad as it is in The Matrix 1. Do you know what I mean? Eh. Like, it's more like the machines are, like, fucking clawing at the gates as opposed to, like, I don't know, we gotta stop them at some point. But then don't do anything about it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, I yeah. I, I see it. I see you now. I don't know. I'm just trying to bring it into the Matrix because that's what we're watching because we have no lives and we're also part of the hellscape and we contribute nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're contributing a whole lot to the realm of... Uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Reviews of movies from the fucking mid to late 90s and early 2000s. It was 99... When the first one came out, yeah. And then the early 2000s. So basically just the early 2000s. I was trying to, like, just have a, you know, broad brush, because we watched the Halloween movies and things. Oh, okay, uh, I see, I see. We also talked about the Scorpion King. You know, briefly. I can't wait for us to uh, watch all of those. That's going to be quite a quite a journey. That's and, coming up next after Airbud. And Resident Evil. And mm-hmm. Leprechaun. And, uh... <laughs> um. Uh, uh, the uh, the Land Before Time in the live action Scooby Doo movies. Uh, there's only two of those. Things. Uh-huh. Well, actually, no. There's fucking more than that. Wait, there's more than two of them. Uh, there's like a Cartoon Network straight to Cartoon Network one. Oh, uh. yeah. <laughs> Not like the the cast from the, the the two live action like films. But anyway, pan uh, it back to the State of Union one more time, and then. I was having more fun talking about Scooby. <laughs> Didn't have to think about the state of the union. Um, I only threw up one time during this address. Oh, really? And that's when he called Ice Agents Brave. Oh, God. Hey, guys, I said we weren't going to get too political here, but... uh, it, 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 but That hey, never uh, works, Josie. Hey, uh, abolish ice. Anyway, uh, see you guys on the show. Bye! Free 21 Savage, damn it. He didn't do nothing. He's just savage. Welcome to the Gen and Jub Show. Why did you just pre, dude? That's Gen. <laughs> yeah, hi. I'm Jub. Hi. Oh my god. We're doing a show today. Apparently, it's not day. It is like uh. It is way too fucking late. It's it's two a.m. Holy fuck! So because we because uh, you uh, you didn't get off too late, and then we had to watch a Matrix movie that is nine hours long. <laughs> so yeah, I watched. Uh, yeah, I didn't get off work until late tonight, and we have to you know record. So we, we usually watch the movie attached to our podcast episode the same day, uh, the same day, like right before we record, which I prefer to do. That way, it's like fresh in our minds. We we've done ones where we don't for you know various life reasons. Yeah, and I don't think it like makes it as effective. But anyway, I like being able to uh, vomit my thoughts about a movie uh, immediately after viewing it. Even though I, I mean, this is obviously not the first time I've seen The Matrix uh, Revolutions. If watching it again gives you that fresh new perspective. Yeah, sure. But yeah, so I didn't get home until like what, eleven o'clock? 
And then we had to watch The Matrix Revolutions, which is almost three hours long. So also, here we are. I also had to find a save point in Resident Evil that took a while. Oh my god. <laughs> Thanks, hardcore mode. Speaking of that, you might as well just transition in that. You've been playing, getting that plat in Resident Evil 2. Yeah, I'm trying. Uh, I'll get it. I'm pretty confident I'll get it. I don't know if I'm going to play it much more deep than getting the plat, because I think I'm going to go play or more Resident Evil games when I'm done with it. I'm going to go back to zero and go back to one and uh, go to Code Veronica. Yeah, Ooh. we're going to play Code Veronica, because I'm deep in it now. I've been watching Resident Evil lore videos. and I like Code Veronica. It, it's a it's a thing <laughs> i i see i haven't played it so i don't know it's got good puzzles oh i bet so i bet it had i bet it's like one of the best of the kinds of like that resident evil yeah just it because is. it's like i think it's the last one they it did. is it is the last one well before. maybe zero is but like I, I zero, zero and remake first. zero and remake came after code veronica well yeah I was, oh zero came after code veronica i always forget mm-hmm. that makes sense Code Veronica was early PS2. The GameCube got the remake and that's right. Zero. That's right. And then four. And then I think around when I think between one and zero, around then, they'd started porting every single Resident Evil game to GameCube. Yeah. Two, three and Code Veronica. And and that was a weird time. Uh, I remember looking up an article of like a IGN ranking all the Resident Evil games and like from like or just showing what they scored every single one and those GameCube re-releases of games got extremely poor reviews and I was like why it's just Resident Evil 2 it's just Resident Evil 3 you know like what the fuck why do you or why are you giving it a 4 out of 10 when this is a game that when it came out you gave it like a 9 and an 8 and they said that uh their explanation was that the games retailed for full price. They were $50 titles, as much as what Remake 1 was. And Remake 1 was a complete overhaul, basically a new game, just kind of like Resident Evil 2 is, except that's more so even a new game. But they still retailed them for $50. <laughs> and it was like, okay, why? <laughs> and I think that's why they just reviewed them harshly. Uh, yeah. I See, now it's kind of trivial because like you could probably... You know, I don't know how rare those are compared to like the PS1 versions, but if you wanted to own a physical copy, that wouldn't be the worst idea to own the GameCube one. It's like the most advanced version of those, at least like a couple of them. Code Veronica has been re-released on HD consoles and shit. Let's see how much Resident Evil 2 on the GameCube is. Mm -hmm. It might be rare because I don't know if they printed a lot of them, but uh... That's that's when I played it actually. It's still two discs too, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. It's selling for about fifty bucks. Well, you could buy that, or you could buy the new remake of Resident Evil Two. Ooh, man, you'll save ten bucks to buy the GameCube uh, version, though. You know, I was hoping that there was gonna be a way in Resident Evil Two to play the original Resident Evil Two, like in the game. Oh, that would've been sick. Like there's like a like a like a Day of the Tentacle Maniac Mansion esque Easter egg where like you go to a computer and it's like on the computer and you play it in one of the rooms. That'd be sick. They didn't think of that. That'd be sick, but like there's no reason for them to do that because you could just go fucking play it on a lot of things. 
it's not it's hard to like do. It's also like almost the same exact game anyway. No. No, nah, kind of a complete different feel, really. Well, the, the controls and everything feel different, but like most of the like interactions in the game are the same, right? Um, yeah, it's kind of like... It's comparable to like how they did Resident Evil One and the remake. Obviously, those control the same, but they added shit that was cut, and then they kind of like altered certain key moments. Like you know, there's no like Mister X is in the A playthroughs now, and he's just like present throughout the entire game, as opposed to just the B scenarios and. Certain jump scares are different, and certain rooms are a little different, and I appreciate all that kind of shit. I love that shit. But anyway, I'm still loving the fuck out of this game. I cannot wait for the DLC. I don't know what it's gonna be, really. Uh, they announced it, like, just before the game launched. There was this thing called Ghost Survivors, and it looks like you play in as, uh, Kendo. <laughs> Everybody's favorite <laughs> Resident <laughs> Evil character. <laughs> Uh, and he has, I mean, I don't know. They changed him completely from how he is in the original Resident Evil 2, where he's like, aims a gun at you at the beginning of the game. And he's, and then like, you're like, don't shoot. I'm a human. And he's like, Oh, sorry about that, babe. I think I said that right. Actually, <laughs> I think that's exactly how he says it. Then he gets eaten immediately. A much more harrowing, terrible, awful sad scene in this <laughs> remake right. but uh that might make his playthrough really cool and then the mayor's daughter who is fucking dead so i don't know how that's gonna work she's well, uh the idea is that taxidermied she... by irons we're gonna go into some spoilers here because well, we did it the first time it, it's the idea that she didn't die right i i think so i think it's like, like an alternate scenarios yes it's yeah. an alternate history which is cool i like what if scenarios this is suggesting that dad man dies dad man <laughs> Who's dead, man? That could be a lot of people the in that game. Dude in yellow flannel. That's Kendo. Yeah. Uh, I forgot his name immediately. I don't think he does. Well, no, he does. No, the, yeah, the what-if scenarios are all if these characters didn't die. Is like the description of the, oh, of the okay. expansion. Well, I think they all die because the city gets nuked. Uh, they don't go into that in this one very much. Because that's kind of a thing that happens in 3. So when he goes in that room and shoots, does he shoot the girl or himself? I think he shoots the girl. But you don't know, because it's behind closed doors. Maybe we'll get to see. I don't think they'll show us him shooting a child, though, because that's fucked up. No, maybe it shows, like, the original way that they die, like a cutscene. Uh-huh. And then it shows you, like, then then the what-if scenario starts. That'd be so really cool. So what if he cool. goes in the room and he just shoots himself? But then the what-if scenario is he just, like leaves his daughter there and walks out of the room. I don't know. We'll have to see. I hope that he has a cool loadout because he's a gun store man. <laughs> at least, at the worst, he's got a shotgun. Hell yeah, fam. I don't know what the mayor's daughter is going to have. Fucking nothing. It's like tofu, just a bunch of knives. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I haven't even unlocked tofu yet. I'm looking forward to it. Tofu's great. It's, it's probably hard as balls. Oh, it's it's like fucking impossible. Yeah, <laughs> I can understand I've watched people it. beat it, and and like this is kind of a spoiler, but like I don't really care. When you when you beat tofu mode, you unlock like a couple other tofus to play as. There's like a green one that only has like grenades, like just literally has like thirty grenades, and that's its inventory. <laughs> oh my god! And then uh, there's like one that's flan. 
and like it's a yellow gelatinous blob with like the little like brown on the top like a piece of flan and it, i think it has like a similar loadout to hunk because they're they're playing the hunk scenario right i haven't played the hunk scenario either yet because i've been just so focused on like every time i play through the game again and like i keep like kind of noticing new shit and it's like really cool uh because it's just there's so many like little cool easter eggs and so many like little things hidden around and also just like noticing new things about like oh this is a faster way to do this and, like obviously i've watched speedruns and shit too but like i forget <laughs> but like discovering it for myself is cool like oh why do i go this way in the police station when i could do this but then like maybe that's not as safe but then maybe that's faster yeah i've had to do a lot of that too because i'm doing I'm doing a hard mode run on the game right now, right? But I'm doing it... I'm trying to get it within the S-rank time, which is two and a half hours. I don't know if I'm going to fuck with that. Maybe later. Maybe after I've platted the game, because, like, holy shit, that's hard. Yeah. Oh, I've had to Even, restart so much. You can't use your infinite ammo pistol from S-ranking the game on normal. And you can't fuck around. You can use your own S-plus rank. You can't use the infinite ammo pistol. Oh, okay. I got the you. Re- I got you. The regular S-rank on, on hardcore still gets you the infinite ammo machine gun. Hmm. I guess I... It's probably possible for me to do yeah, that then, but it's going to be a fucking experience, I'll right. tell you that. The S-plus gets you the rocket launcher and then the infinite minigun for Claire. Uh, I've I, do, noticed, I do want to fuck around with that. Because I had to restart a bunch, because basically it, it's such a low time that you really have to optimize what you do. So basically if you do a path and you do it wrong, you have to just restart from your last save. Yeah. And you can only save via typewriters in hardcore mode. There's no... Uh, there's no checkpoints at all. Nope. Yeah, I've experienced that earlier today. Yeah, me too. Good actually. old rooms with liquors in them, and then Mr. X plops in the room, and it's like, hey, do you walk slowly or do you run? You're fucked either way. <laughs> Thanks, game. Oh, yeah. man. And uh, so I've had to do that a bunch, but yeah, it's made me realize, like, like, it's taught me how to really optimize the routes in the game for doing specific things. Um... Especially with Mr. X wandering around, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, so, like, for example, I had, I was at the point of the game, I was playing as Claire, so I had the hard key and the diamond key, and I hadn't yet gotten the uh, machine gun, and I also yeah. haven't yet gotten the second spare key. So I'd ask myself the question of what route I take. Do I go in and use the hard key get the tool for the library and then try to swing up the stairs, go through all, go get the machine gun, get the spare key, cut through the library, do all that shit, then go back later and get the hip pouch. Or do I cut up through the library first, get the, get the other spare key, get the, get the machine gun, go get the hip pouch, go get the tool, go all the way back up to the library and do the puzzle there and, you know, do all that shit. At the same time, having to manage my inventory mm-hmm. to make sure I could do all this. But I don't want to double back. Right. So I had to sit there and just calculate out, like, and I tried multiple times and then restarted to figure out which route would be the most optimal. And it was a lot of fun, actually. A little frustrating at times, but a lot of fun. This game expertly pulls off what, what something that, like, Seven kind of half pulled off, but, like, hasn't hasn't really been a huge part of this franchise since like code Veronica and three and I guess zero, which, which is 
the replayability factor is high because it rewards you for beating it fast. Yeah. And once you've beaten the game once, you kind of know the answers to lots of things that took you a long time the first time. I think my first playthrough, because I looked at a lot of shit, and I also stayed in on the inventory screen instead of being paused, <laughs> was like 11 and a half hours yeah, see, I didn't for Leon. See, I didn't stay on the pause inventory screen. I think it took me seven and a half. Just to right. show you how much extra time you tacked on to that inventory screen. But I got lost in the sewers, and now I feel like I actually know where the fuck to go. Yeah. It's really cool seeing how you learn. Yeah, the sewers actually seem easier and than adapt. the... Uh, the sewers seem easier than the mansion to me now. Well, the mansion, I keep saying mansion. The police station to me now. It's easy to do. Right, because it's basically a mansion. Uh, but yeah, the sewers seem easier to do than the police station now because the sewers are actually pretty linear if you think about it. Whereas, yeah, in a way. And there's only one thing you do in the sewers, and that's it. Whereas the, pol- the police station has like a mantra of things you have to do in it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to sit there and plan out what you're going to do. The poli- I think the police station's the hardest part of getting the S rank run in hardcore. Well, once I get sense. to the sewers, I know exactly what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. At the when same it, time, though, there, you got to dodge those fucking right. shit demons. Yeah, yeah. What, Jesus what, Christ. What gets really hard in the sewer part, I think, is going to be is, uh, execution. Where yeah. I'm going to have to find out, like, what the fuck I'm going to do You know, once I get in there and, like, how to dodge past the big guys. I can't sit there and waste time just trying to fucking kill them. I don't have the ammo nor the time. No, you got to dodge. That's the only way to do it. That's what speedruns do. That's <laughs> you the have only thing to kill one. Yeah. The one, the when you when he's playing as Claire, mm-hmm. when you go up into that fucking disgusting pit where there's three of them. Yeah. The first one you see, you have to kill. Well, because otherwise there's two when you come back and you're fucked. Right. Right. So you have to kill that one. Mm-hmm. After that, you can run past the other two. Um, make sure you have sub weapons on you in case you get grabbed. I lost my infinite knife, which made me sad. <laughs> that really sucks. Yeah, well, it, it was, uh, I was in a room with three zombies and Mr. X was there and I was on my way out of the police station and one of the zombies attacked me. I had no other sub weapons. And if I got hit, I was going to die. So it was. Well, there you go. Okay, it's time to stab me and run. And that's all I had. <laughs> and I was like, goodbye, knife. Yeah, I've actually been using like other things because of that. Like, I want to keep the knife to kill zombies. Because hardcore, like, even with. Oh, yeah, I don't kill zombies. That's the difference because you're not right. going fast. I I'm not trying to them. go fast. I'm just trying to beat hardcore. But hardcore, even with a pistol with infinite ammunition, is fucking insanely difficult it takes so long yeah well because the zombies are built like fucking tanks in this game which makes the game incredibly interesting because you have to kind of plan your movements out and if you don't you get heavily punished for it it's fucking great we probably talked about it for too long but hey whatever about a good 20 minutes i'm tired (laughs) (laughs) I played, uh, uh, if you want to go into what I played, I guess. Um, yeah, sure. Because I, I haven't played anything except that, and I'm probably not going to until uh, I'm done with it. I plat it. And then I'm going to play more Resident Evil games and bother this podcast by talking about them. Hell yeah. But I do have Hitman and uh, Horizon and other shit that I need to start playing. Yeah, you do. You really need to start playing Horizon. Yeah, yeah. Hitman's yeah. really good, too, though. I'm excited to try that. I downloaded it, so we're good. Good shit. I played, uh, I played the Anthem demo. The public demo. Yee! The game of the year! <laughs> Anthem! Oh. Destiny 3 is here! Oh. Titanfall 3 is here! Yeah. Today! Max! Load time! It's more like an exosuit than a mech. 
Yeah, it's like Iron Man. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the key idea there. So, first question I had going into Anthem um, is, you know, does this game make you feel like Iron Man? And when you're flying around, it does. Uh-huh. You, the, fly, the, the mechanic of actually flying around into shit, really cool, right? Sure. I feel like everything else is kind of a mess. The menus, immediately, because the first thing I noticed, menus. Dumb, convoluted, hard to navigate, don't understand what's going on. Uh, kind of like Destiny, you have your hub world, right? And you go to different sections of it to do different things. The little shops around. Right. Like but go talk to Doctor Manhattan with the hoodie. Yeah, yeah. They're a little well, hard one, to locate for like important things, and once you get in them, the menus there's just like so many sub menus for all kinds of different things, and it makes it weird. I didn't understand how to do things, and a game like that should be like should display that information like in front of you when you're in the menu. Makes it easy to, you know, get to things. There's so many things you do in those games, like Destiny. Yeah. And the Division, and now Anthem coming out, where you have to, you know, do so much things in menus. So it should be nice, easy, streamlined, and clear-cut. It is none of those things, in my opinion. The game Rip. performed like shit. And I understand that it's an early, it's actually kind of an early build of the game. I'm not sure why they called it a demo. They should have called it a beta. Because it is actually a beta version of the game you're playing. When does this game launch? In two weeks. So, I mean, obviously it's going to be better than it was. Much. Apparently, according to the uh, the lead dev, this the version of the game we played in the demo is an earlier version of the game. The one that they have now fixes a lot of the performance issues. Okay. But, like, but why then did, why did they release the performance issue late in one? In... That would have been okay if they didn't call it a demo. I guess so. Well, here's the thing. This game is getting a lot of negative press. Or at least, maybe not, like, straight-up press, but, like, let's say, like, YouTube reaction shit, which, like, uh, matters a lot in this day and age, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. Maybe maybe unfortunately, but (laughs) it is what it is. When people look up this game, they're going to see, like, the four critical videos saying that it's bad. <laughs> right. Because it's just load times and the game doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It was the experience for him. Yeah. So that makes people go, oh, maybe I won't fucking buy this game. So maybe don't release the shitty version of it <laughs> for right. your big, here's your first look at the game. If you've made improvements, you know. If this is how it is, that's how it is, and there's not a whole lot that can be done about it, but, I mean, that sucks, but, like... That could have been avoided just by calling it a beta. Yeah, people expect and like, like that put shit it out beta. there that this is, a, this is not the final build of the game. This isn't a demo for the game. It is a beta. It's the beta version. We're still ironing out the kinks, and that's fine. I feel I feel like they could have been a whole lot more transparent about that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, probably about this entire game as a whole, because like I still feel like we don't even know that much about it. We know enough now, I think, but we're also two weeks out from launch. Okay, and well, a lot yeah, I of mean, people have played it for the longest time. We didn't. Right. There was. There's. You know. I should. You know. It's not really my kind of game, but I should at least be like, oh, that looks cool. And I haven't felt like that once. No, it doesn't really... 
I feel I don't like, like it, the way it looks, looks like it's, you know, it's another Destiny. Kinda. Yeah, there's something. Bioware trying to make a Destiny. So I like Destiny a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not really a fan of The Division or any of the other games that are like Destiny. And a lot of that is the reason why I like Destiny so much is it has really, really good, really tight shooting controls. The game feels very good to play, right? Yeah. And outside of that, there's cool guns. The guns feel good. I like the atmosphere of the game. Uh, everything else has issues from time to time. It cycles, basically, with Bungie. Uh, the other two games, in my opinion, have a problem with the shooting mechanics not feeling good. Uh-huh. And Anthem especially suffers from that. Uh, I don't know when it's how a you shooter, it. when it. I know, but like when it's a shooter, I feel like that's the key problem here. Right. And I think a lot of that suffers from the, those games being third person, but I could, I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, it just doesn't feel right. Okay. Shooting any gun. Hmm. I can't put my finger on it, but I didn't like the way it felt to be in combat in Anthem. And the combat in Division was just boring to me. Interesting. The Division 2 might be way different than the Division uh, 1. Apparently, uh, actually, Embargo on it just lifted. Yeah. Uh, not review Embargo, but preview Embargo. Okay. And uh, it's actually getting a lot of positive shit. A lot of people who played the Division back in the day are just saying, like, this is just a vastly improved version, which is what you need in a sequel. Well, that's what you should get. It's kind of a difference between movies and video games. Hey. Movies, you expect it to be shittier right. the next time around because it's just like, oh, you're just cashing in. You're just making another one. That's kind of changed now when everything's like a giant universe, so it's kind of get more cloudy. But like with video games, you're expecting them to be like, all right, so here's all the fucking things. That, like, 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 you know, we're proud of what we made and all that, but like here's all the things that like people bitched about and complained about. Let's see how we could fix them and make this even better than the first one. Yeah. Also, I don't like uh, the cosmetic stuff in the game. Um, in Anthem? Yeah, it's like, it's just okay. The, like, the story okay. seemed dumb. The, the, the dialogue was fine. The voice acting was good. Is it, uh, is it in the Mass Effect universe? I don't know. Does it matter? No. Probably not anymore. It's not like you're going to so. get like cameos from anybody. Or I don't think it is. I think it's a wholly new IP. Okay. But uh, I'm sure people will love that game. I'm not in that boat. So, so do you remember when uh, Titanfall Two came out? Yeah. And Battlefield One came out. Yeah. And it was like weeks away from each other. Yeah. And then Titanfall Two did pretty bad sales wise. But it was actually the better game. It was sure, but one of the factors in that selling worse was probably because this company released two shooters right back-to-back next to each other. Right. Both EA. Yeah. It's kind of a weird move. Right. So Anthem is about to come out. Two Two weeks. weeks. And and here's this Battle Royale game from the Titanfall people. All right, yeah. I know it's a free game. But it's it's still weird timing because you want to be the forefront of the news 
in the gaming world at, at all times. You know what I mean? I think you... I feel like you're competing against yourself, and it's a weird move. Yeah, we'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll shift over to Apex Legends here. Um, I think the reason why it's a little different is because they're two very different types of games. <laughs> I, I get that. Whereas Titanfall 2 and Battlefield 1 were both... Uh, multi multi and single player oriented first person shooters and they both had like as far as if you just stripped everything away and put it down to its absolute base it's the same right sure but obviously the games are completely different in the way they play their environment story setting everything but they are first person shooters with a campaign and a and a supposedly strong base multiplayer released Within a week of each other. Also within a week of Call of Duty. It was sandwiched right between them. Mm-hmm. And that put that game to die. Now, with Anthem and Apex Legends, I feel like it's a little different. The The base of people that will c- keep playing Apex Legends after the time that Anthem is released is a different kind of player of games, comparatively. Possibly. Also, Anthem is not a PvP multiplayer game at all. Yeah. It is only cooperative. Right. I still feel like there's a lot of overlap here. And it's probably just not smart to do. Like, you know... It's... it's it, it. I don't know. Like, Marvel movies, for example, can be vastly different from each other. Like, take, like, I don't know... Uh, like, Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh-huh. And Thor Ragnarok. Right. Uh, but they kind of appeal... To the same target audience. They definitely even though the same target audience. Even though they're kind of incredibly different in how they approach things. Right. Now imagine if they came out two weeks apart from each other. That would be stupid on Marvel's part because they would be more like, okay, how about this one comes out in the summer and people talk about it during the summer and then this one comes out in the fall and people talk about it during the fall. That's a little more smart. I, I get that Apex is a free game. But but competing with yourself just for the fuck of it is rather weird. Especially when you got Anthem, like, kind of looking like shit. Right. And... It almost feels like maybe they did it on purpose. Be, like, release this now. But I'm not certain. Right, keep it could just graces. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's just weird. But everything I'm hearing about Apex Legends, yeah, so the yeah, sounds really of, good actually. Yeah, so it's a kind of the polar opposite from the response that like Anthem's kind of been getting from, from <laughs> right. influencers and stuff. Is that it's been mostly positive for Apex Legends, and I'm in that boat. I like this game a lot. Now I am going into this. I was already a fan of Respawn Entertainment. Um, I loved both Titanfall games to death. I thought Titanfall Two was the best shooter release this generation. Titanfall 2 looked really cool, the single player you were playing. It's I watched fucking that amazing. Titanfall 2 is an amazing game. Uh, cool, both single cool, player uh, and multiplayer. Cool time travel ass puzzles and shit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was yeah. Each level has like its own thing. So like that was That was just one level? Yeah, that was the gimmick okay. for that level. It was really cool though. Yeah. So each level has its own different thing that you do. And it's really neat. Uh and the the story's pretty good too. I mean it's it's pretty typical, but it's fun. Yeah, robots shoot other robots, yeah. It's like it's but like you got <laughs> you know it's like you're you're it's like a buddy cop story with Optimus Prime. 
I mean, that sounds good right. to me. That's it is. Fine. It's great. I don't know. It's absolutely amazing. But, uh, so same company just drops. Now, there were some leaks that came out ahead of time, but just dropped on Monday a Battle Royale game that's free to play and has loot boxes. So, at first, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, nobody wants to hear loot boxes, man. Yeah, that's loot not boxes. Not really. I mean, it's just like, you know, whether you like them or not, I mean, I don't know. Hey, sometimes I like to buy a random box of shit, but then nobody likes the feeling of scratching off a lottery ticket and you won nothing. Right. So, you know. S- similar concept. Yeah. So, this game, Apex Legends, borrows a lot of things from two separate games. Well, Titanfall. Titanfall? And you have your Battle Royale as your base, right? Uh-huh. It takes a lot of stuff from Titanfall. Takes a lot of stuff from Overwatch. Uh, yeah. Puts them in a battle royale game. That sounds like a good move. It's it's nice actually. It's I'm, interesting. I'm actually really wondering if Overwatch, because its player base is uh dwindling, uh does an overhaul and a revamp and does their own battle royale. I'm scared to see it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because uh, just the way the Overwatch's heroes function. Uh huh. No, I know, but like. It's, it's you know, like it or not, the most popular fucking thing right now. Right. Fortnite or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Is oh, Battle just... Royale shit. Uh-huh. So I think every company's going to take a crack at it. Yeah, me and uh, me and my brother, who play a lot of multiplayer games together, we played Apex Legends together last night, uh, after it launched. And uh, one thing we talked about very early on when we were playing PUBG, when it was first around... Because me and him both like playing Battle Royale games together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got really into Fortnite. I couldn't get into it. I didn't like the building. I didn't like the uh, I didn't like the art style. You don't Just like the dances? Also didn't like the way it felt. You ain't like the dances? No. The, the, the Sam's doing the dance. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I, oof. Yeah. Big oof. But uh, we said that... Man, I can't wait for a really good dev to take a crack at this. Like, a really good high-level AAA shooter dev to take a crack at it. And well, it maybe you twice. got it. It happened yeah. twice in a row. Um, Treyarch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tackled Todd... it with, with Black Ops 4. Black Ops 4. It was actually really good. Blackout's amazing. I keep hearing great things about that, and I'm, I'm kind of glad, because... Call of Duty's kind of like the Fast and the Furious of the video game world. You know right. what I mean? Where, like, a lot of people look at it, and they're like, that's fucking stupid. Comes out every fucking year. It's just a bunch of fucking bullshit. Right. But, it has an extremely dedicated fan base that does not give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, fuck you, it's fun. Yeah. I've All I want to do pop- is shoot shit. Whatever. I very much pop in and out of Call of Duty games. I kind of pick and That's choose. That's probably one I fair because you got like fucking the three developers making them now, right? Right. Yeah. So not all of them are gonna hit a home run every time. There's no, no way. No, I uh, I picked up Call of Duty World War Two last year and I liked it. Uh, and then Black Ops Four I liked a lot, mainly because of Blackout. Yeah. And uh, that was really good. And then you have Respawn, my favorite shooter dev right now. Also the. Uh, same guys that's who was originally Infinity Ward. Same guys who made Modern mm-hmm. Warfare Modern Warfare Two. 
made Titanfall, Titanfall 2, some of the best shooters of, like, our time. It's like you got... Making a Battle Royale game. Yeah. And it takes a lot of, uh, it takes the same shooting mechanics from Titanfall, same guns from Titanfall, which made me really happy. Because, like, I'd be walking around and I'd pick up a gun and be like, oh my god, it's it's the Flatline, which is a gun I really like in Titanfall. Is it in-universe? Yes. Okay. So it's not a Titanfall game, but it's... Titanfall yeah, they decided game. not to call it Titanfall because there's no Titans. Right. That would probably break the game a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't know if you want that. I would imagine that they tried to have all of the mechanics that were in Titanfall, like the Titans, like the like the parkour stuff, oh. which is also absent from this game. Sorry, I kicked the mic. So a couple of my favorite things from Titanfall are missing in this game, which is the Titans, which is the, the parkour stuff. There's mm-hmm. nothing more satisfying than running off a wall, jumping jumping off that wall, and then killing somebody. It's, like, so sick. The movement's fluid, fast. Parkour! It's really good. All that's gone. Now, the, the all the movement stuff's still there. Uh, there's a dope slide you can do that's still in Titanfall, where you're, you're running, and then you hit the crouch button, and you slide forever. It's sick. You do cool stuff out of it. Is it first person? Yes. So, in your, in your mind, are they doing the Pete Townsend? Yeah. <laughs> Just forever. <laughs> you do it for, I swear to God, you slide for like a whole five seconds. Just on their knees? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Just shoot somebody. <laughs> yeah! Got your Pete Townsend sliding on stage, but he's got a gun and he's shooting the crowd. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Meet the new gun. Same as the old gun. Oh, God. Um. But, uh, back to, back to Apex Legends. Overall, it's like it's really good, right? I love it. I'm very happy that it's good. Uh, There's a lot of worry when it came out that like uh, from you even. Oh yeah, definitely uh, from me. That like they canceled Titanfall three for this, right? And they kind of did, but they're doing more Titanfall shit, and apparently that's coming out this year. Yeah, but it's not Titanfall three. It's like a spinoff thing, kind of like this. Yeah, is but they're not abandoning the license in favor of this now technically this is still under the titanfall umbrella yeah so i'm cool with it whatever uh there's a couple amazing things this is that this game does and my brother discovered it and he's actually uh he's actually been texting me about it uh-huh. and i uh, wanted to talk about it in here because it's not something that a lot of games do um one thing that apex legends does amazingly is its uh accessibility options so through the game's menus which are, by the way have a ton of different things you could change which always love about games. Give me the ability to change as much stuff as I want about like basic things in the game. Sure. Please. Why not? Yeah. Just make it make everything have a fucking toggle. I love that. Right? Yeah. So you have the option to make so uh I'll, I'll preface it with this. The game has an amazing ping system. And pings are you like marking something on the map? Mm-hmm. And like telling your teammates without voice chat about something. So mo- usually uh, in a lot of first-person shooters, the R1 button is like for your, like your sub weapon, like your grenade or whatever it is. Instead, they made that your ping button because it's easy to hit, right? Sure. And when you look at something and you hit the button, it'll do a multitude of different things. If you just look at a direction and hit it, it'll advise your teammates to go this way. It's like, hey, and your character will say, hey, everyone here, and it'll put a marker, right? If you look at a weapon and hit it, it'll let your entire team know that there's a weapon right there and what weapon it is. 
And that's the same for anything on the map. When you see an enemy, you hit that, it tells them that there's an enemy. So you can communicate with your team without a microphone, entirely. And everything that you need to say to somebody in a Battle Royale game. Hmm. But, um, what about, uh, what about deaf people? Right? They can't hear a lot of the stuff that's going on in the game. All the ping, there's an option to make all the pings completely into text. Chat text. Okay. So everything that the ping says... You could do it as chat text. It comes out in text. That's really cool. Um, you could also, as an as a option to automatically convert incoming voice into text. Wow. That's so really impressive, the actually. The game is 100% playable by deaf people. Also has really good colorblind options. Oh. And has complete flexible button mapping. That's really nice. Not enough companies do those cool quality of life things because th- to make things accessible for like other people than mm-hmm. just like you know your standard player. Yeah, I think because uh, Respawn was able to use basically all of the assets from Titanfall 2 to make this game, they were able to spend a lot of time on stuff like this, which I really appreciate. Uh, I'm super happy for them. I hope their Star Wars game is good. I think it will be because I have no reason to believe that respawn. I, will I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of shooters in general. Probably like, and I, I don't know. I know that's weird because I'm playing fucking shoot zombies in the head game. Right, but it's a little different. Yeah, that appeals to me more. I like more things that are driven by like the moments and shit like that. Like I don't know. I, I'm not a big shooter guy. Yeah, especially first person shit. But like, I'm happy for them. I really hope their Star Wars game is good because I will be playing that because that's probably the only good Star Wars game we're going to get for a long time. Yeah, because Respawn, like I said, Respawn's full of talented people. If EA doesn't uh, cancel it. The rumor is that the... uh, So most most first-person shooter devs that make the multiplayer games like Titanfall, like Titanfall 2, like the Battlefields to have like the single-player and a multiplayer, it's two different teams that do it, right? Sure. They get the engine, they make the single-player or multiplayer on that. It's two different functioning teams. The rumor is that the multiplayer team went and made Apex Legends, and the single-player team is making Jedi Fallen Order. So there might not be any multiplayer in that game. It might be a holistically single-player game, and which is fine. Give me it. I mean, Titanfall 2's campaign was great. They make something like that into this game. Fuck yeah, give me it. I need more information about that Jedi game, though, because is it going to be... We'll see it at E3. Guarantee it. It's supposed to come out, it's supposed to come out later this year. So <sighs> yeah, I guarantee so. you we'll see... A lot of information about Microsoft's going to get a hell of a lot of reveals because Sony ain't showing up, and I hope that that don't come and bite them in the ass because uh, they ain't getting any reveals. It's going to bite them in the ass. I uh, think so. Yeah, no, they're doing the thing that they did at the end of the PS2 era. It's the same thing. Oh fuck! No, they're going to come out of the gate and be like the PlayStation Five is five hundred and ninety nine U.S. dollars fuck and yeah, fuck their dude. entire generation up. 599 US dollars. I mean, I guess that's kind of like, I don't know, what would be the new 599 US dollars? Because, like, that is kind of what you would expect to pay now. 699 US dollars? (sighs) Okay, that's fair. (laughs) 799 US dollars. Well, because at the time, 599 was so fucking big. That was way too much Because we were coming off of PS2. What was the PS2 at launch? What do you think? Uh, I think it was 200. Yeah, that's a... That's a long ways away from 599. Uh, just for context, uh, at the time that the PS3 came out, you can get an Xbox 360 without a hard drive for $200. Uh-huh. 
you can get a Wii for $200. I remember buying a GameCube for 200 Yeah. I remember buying a 360 oh, yeah, back for in the 200 Back in the day, uh, 200 was the average starting price of a console. I know that's not the, it now, now, but that's why I'm saying, what is the new 599 Because it has to be something that's like... Not just a hundred dollars more than people are thinking, but like three hundred dollars more than what people are thinking. The reason I said that is because the PS4 and Xbox One were four hundred at launch. Right. Because technically, makes you sense. To, you have to put it into perspective that higher technologies are getting cheaper. Sure. So while technology is advancing, the parts are getting a little cheaper. So console manufacturers can make more powerful consoles for cheaper. So we're going to get higher power consoles for a lower price. That's even when the PS4 Pro came out, it was $400. I hope that they stick to that kind of price It will range. be probably $400. Uh, well, Xbox One had a $500 version at launch. Sure. Maybe uh, they'll which... have multiple versions. I don't know. I'm not entirely certain when we're going to be getting new consoles, but we got to be entering. 2020. The... Got to be entering the last legs of the fucking I think I think next year is the final generation. year. Yeah. Especially PlayStation not showing up makes me think that they're working on that, but they know they're not going to have anything to show in time. They so might we'll have see. like they might have like a big reveal at the end of the year, beginning of next year or something. Maybe they do what they did last time, where they just like in like March, you have a big ass reveal event, and they're like, "All right, E 3 <laughs> Meanwhile, Nintendo off in the corner, being like, <laughs> "I don't know. Here's a good game, I guess. <laughs> Fuck you guys with your big ass graphics." For every good shit. game we release, we cancel another project. <laughs> Well, and delay hey, another game. It's the same everywhere else. I don't know. We'll see. It is the same everywhere else. Nintendo's just more open about it. That's kind of a. I prefer that. I prefer that other than them, like just like not talking about Metroid for like two years. And people right. are like, where is it? No, no I'm you glad they got I mean? ahead of it. Nintendo used to be a company that did the exact opposite of that. That's how you get shit like The Last Guardian, where like people are like, oh, this game doesn't exist anymore. But like realistically, if they just came out and they were like. Yeah, a lot of our uh, intents changed, and, you know, hey, we're developing it for the next gen now instead. And, like, you know, it would have, like, at least made people go, oh, we're not expecting this anytime soon. Right. And that's what Nintendo did with Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. Not getting it for probably three years, I'd imagine, now. Yeah. Makes me sad. Well, at least they're making a Metroid game, Jusby. Oh, Retro's back on it. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're a good company. Uh, Yeah, they just made Tropical Freeze a couple years ago, which... Is amazing. So, yeah, <laughs> give it to me. Retro is another company that really doesn't make duds. So, speaking of duds, hey. let's transition away from Vidiro games and talk about that big thing that happened over the weekend, Jusby. You probably talked about it on your football podcast. What, the Supumba? The Supumba. The Supumba? Now, we're not going to talk about... Boy? I don't think we're going to talk about the game a lot, because you probably just fucking did. Uh, please uh, listen to uh, Football After Dark if you want to hear uh, four losers, and one of them is Jusby, uh, talk yeah. about <laughs> talk about the Superb Bowl. We spent an entire hour talking mm-hmm. about the Super Bowl, then the last half, about half hour, 45 minutes of the episode, talking about our plans for the offseason. Oh, uh, yeah, because football doesn't exist anymore, and I'm sad. Yeah, so we switched to, when that happens, we switched to bi-weekly episodes. So now we're recording every two weeks instead of every week. There's okay. just not enough content. No. Well, you, you don't want to be like ESPN where you still have NFL Live, and they're just like, uh, 
Is there news? Right. Antonio Brown hit somebody. Fuck! Here you go. Oh, yeah, man. Every two weeks, there's at least something happening. And then we uh, do this other thing where we could put together reports for every team um, and what we expect them to do in the offseason. Okay. Well, that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. I I didn't like that Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I didn't like any of it. Don't hear my opinion. <laughs> Listen to the episode. That's fine. I mean, if you want my opinion, because this is half the Gen Show. <laughs> it's about to just be the Gen Show. I'm about Ooh. to leave. Ooh, I'm going to leave. Ooh. I'm going to leave. All right. You could say that was a good defensive Super Bowl. You could say it all you want. And that's fine. But fuck it. It was boring. I don't care. I don't care if that makes me sound like not a real football fan. No, that's not. I don't care. If it's not entertaining to you, that's fine. That's how you feel. I like good defense, but you know what good defense is in my head? Sacks interceptions fumbles and shit like forced fumbles and shit you know what that game was not that was just three and outs back and forth three and outs not any stops of those kind it was just three and out brady didn't get sacked goff didn't get sacked brady got sacked like barely once okay sure that's all he can take probably as a 400 <laughs> year old man but like you know for the most part their lines played well but everyone else did (laughs) their defenses did play well but it wasn't the kind of defense that is exciting to watch where it's like holy shit they just got the fucking interception holy shit they got to the quarterback and they fucking smothered him holy shit and there was also like no penalties they were just letting whatever the fuck happen which is I guess I guess it's the Super Bowl let them play, but they also weren't playing for a significant amount of time. Well, that's that a, game. that's a lot of it is that uh there just wasn't a lot happening to be able to throw flags on. Yeah. But then stuff did happen. You know, there were still penalties in that game, just not a whole lot. I I just I completely understand why this is the lowest rated Super Bowl. Not that that's really even fucking saying anything. Everybody's talking about that like you know, oh god, it's the NFL bad now, but like no, it's, it's probably rated Super Bowl because the Patriots are in it again. The Rams were in it, and you had basically every Saints fan not watch it. The and Rams don't people, have a huge fan base either. And also... They're, they're technically a newer franchise. The Super Bowl is watched by people that don't normally watch NFL games, too. And those people tune out they when tune the game from. is 3 nothing at halftime. Right. You know what I mean? They don't really care. A lot of them stick around for the halftime show and the ads. And they were both terrible this year. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about in this show. Because that's more Gen and Jub here with our entertainment focus. Uh, however, unlike the Super Bowl, <laughs> which did not have an entertainment focus at all. The, the halftime show, I mean. Uh, Maroon 5 is a terrible choice. Absolutely. I don't really understand. Like, 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 maybe 10 years ago, I could have saw that be in the halftime show and been relevant yeah i I cannot like what is maroon 5 now they're uh who cares (laughs) i mean i've never liked maroon 5 don't like but i I mean there's certain things about it i could have adam levine is a good singer he didn't particularly perform well during the super bowl but you know and i I could see why people like him because he is a attractive tattoo man who likey to takey the shirt off 
and singing about the the pouring rain or whatever the fuck. So I whip my dick out in the pouring <laughs> rain. We be But uh so here's what I was looking forward to the most because they cock teased the fuck out of this. Sweet victory. Yeah, they did. The SpongeBob Man. legendary episode where I'll never forget that episode because it's one of the most. It's it's probably like the most I've laughed in a long time. Like SpongeBob was always consistently funny in its first like three years, but that one, as soon as they like have SpongeBob sing and like not SpongeBob's voice at all, I died. And I was really looking forward to that. I was like almost like ready to be like Maroon Five will be redeemed in my eyes, despite putting out an album called Red Pill Blues. Uh, despite. Uh, being one of the most fucking limp-dicked bands I've heard in the past five years, I, uh, I'm i willing to forgive them if they, you know, put it all out there and they're like, we're going to do a tribute for Steven Hillenburg, who died recently, the creator of SpongeBob. We're going to play that song from that classic episode. But they really didn't. There was a very extremely brief SpongeBob thing when they introduced Travis Scott, who descended from the heavens in a meteor which was weird. It looked like shit. <laughs> it did look like shit. It looked it, awful. It dude. looked like an effect from the movie we just watched. <laughs> Travis Scott performed well, personally. He he did well. He also swore a lot. And yeah, uh, they they just straight up fucking cut it, which is weird. Like, did he tell anybody he was gonna swear? Did they not check that beforehand? Under expectations, what that what that just pure audio cut is. Uh huh. Um. So, I have a little bit of a background in live production, and. What do you got when you're doing a live production, like a, a regular, like st- like new, like basically studio based live production? You got a button. Sure. It's a sensor button. It cuts the feed. Is it a big red button? Yeah, it's literally a big red button. Fuck yeah. Uh, in most setups, the big red button, right? And that, that's what I had when I was taking classes about it. And uh, you hit the button, and it cuts that audio feed for however long you hold it. Live feed is a three second delay. So when you get the feed to you and you hear Travis Scott swear, you have to go like, oh, fuck, I have three seconds to push this button. Yeah. And then you push the button, and then the audio just just dies for as long as you hold it, and then you release it. Yeah. And then, uh, so There's that's not a whole lot you, had, you can do. No, yeah. no, you just got to do it. So when Travis Scott was swearing, and he, he was just like, oh, fuck. Okay, okay, oh, I'm swearing again, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, I'm not going to pearl clutch over swearing. Right. Because that's not fucking me. <laughs> I, I just, I if he wants to swear, that's fine. And honestly, that's very uh, uh, punk of him, <laughs> let's say. But, like, swear during the Super Bowl, fuck it. That's lit. You, you hired, but like, how the fuck <laughs> did they not see this being a problem beforehand? Does, do they practice and he doesn't swear? Is it all just a setup? Or did they tell him not to swear? Or were they like, we're going to pay you less if you fucking swear? I have no idea. Because you're representing uh, a P- P- Pepsi or whatever. Like Pepe. in the NFL, like, you know, you know, they don't want him. They don't want him to swear. They're not happy with him for swearing. I'm sure. Right. It's not like Janet Jackson levels of, like, pearl clutching that they're going to do over it. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, how does this become a problem during the Super Bowl <laughs> and not something that gets brought up and solved 
in, I assume, practice. I assume they had to practice because they had to set up the fucking meteor. Oh, yeah, they have to, like, choreograph the whole thing. I don't of know. Of course they have to. Maybe he was For just, weeks. like... weeks. Maybe Travis Scott, like, they already hired him and paid his contract. Travis Scott's like, fuck you, I'm That's swearing. why I'm saying maybe it was just him saying, like, fuck it. I'm not going to tell anybody I'm going to swear, but I'm going to do it on live television because fuck you. He had that guy behind and the And that's fucking sweat. great. That's fucking great if so, but I still resent everyone involved <laughs> for giving me two seconds of SpongeBob <laughs> instead of five minutes of it. You know what was dope? I wanted that shit so I bad. I love the entirety of Big Boy's part, though. That was fine because he got to play a good song, and I was, you know, good. And then Maroon 5 came back with the Baptist Choir and fucking... And he, and, and he wrote it on a fucking Lambo. Yeah, yeah on the fucking football. That was lit. Yeah, that was fine. I like the bombastic, weird, insane productions that happen at halftime shows, like when Katy Perry has sharks and shit and dumb shit like that. I love and that shit. Lady Gaga came down from the top of the stadium that one yes. year. That was sick. Yeah. Gaga had a good one, too. But, like... I enjoy that shit. Maroon 5 was just like, I'm going to take off my shirt and have a Baptist choir. And the only cool things were like the Travis Scott effect that didn't even work really well. And then Big Boy driving a car on the stadium field. (laughs) (laughs) I love Big Boy. I also really love Outkast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Has a lot to Um, do with it. I wonder what they're going to do next year because I'm always disappointed a little bit by the halftime show because it's never as good as it can be. No, it, it's hard. Because they, they choose somebody who, like, they probably think they're like, oh, yeah, everybody likes that band. But then it's like Coldplay. And it's like, not everyone likes that band. Most people fucking make fun of that band. What the fuck? Next year it's going to be Imagine Dragons and I'm going to fucking sleep during it. Oh, I can't it. wait. <sighs> Take a nap. I guess Maroon 5 was better than Imagine Dragons, but that's about it. Yeah, at least their their songs are, like, remotely catchy. I don't know. He has a good singing voice instead of going, like, You know. Like, layered over itself a hundred times for no reason. Yeah. Man, he just, like, do you think... Do you think he just yells, talks? Like, is that even his singing voice, or is that just how he talks? Walks into it. Hey guys, how you doing? Let's gotta make an album, an album, yeah. Can I get a Pepsi? (laughs) No ice, please. Hey, well, Pepsi is more than okay. All right. Oh my god. (laughs) All right. So there's celebrities I like. You know, I'm sure everybody has preferences. Yeah. But like, god damn it. Fuck everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck all the celebrities. Because everyone who's like, yeah, I'll be in this stupid ass bullshit Pepsi commercial. I'm Steve Carell. Let's like fucking waltz right in here and go, Pepsi is more than okay. Little John goes, okay. And it's just like all this stupid shit, you know. I'm not as cynical as some people. I Sometimes I even like when brands say stupid existential shit like Sunny D having a fucking <laughs> existential crisis on Twitter because that's, that's that's unique. I feel like out of all the beverages, Sunny D would be the one to have an existential crisis. It should. It's not even fucking orange juice. It's like, oh, man, I taste like Listerine. <laughs> What am I even? It says orange drink, but it doesn't taste like orange or drink. (laughs) What am I? 
Like, I don't hate that shit. Like, I don't know. The Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter is funny. The Wendy's Twitter is funny. Arby's makes fucking pictures of GoBots out of fucking roast beef. I don't know. It's fine. That's creative and fun. But what I don't like is, like, Stella Artois going, ooh, let's put fucking Jeff Bridges as the dude in our commercial, and then we'll hype it up beforehand. We won't even mention Stella Artois. We'll just be like, we'll just show the dude fucking Big Lebowski walking up and it'll we'll just put two two five or whatever the fucking date is the two fives today or yesterday it's 2 a.m it's 3 a.m whatever i'm gonna die but (laughs) i i just that's obnoxious where it's just like you're only doing it for the celebrity cameo so that dad will talk about it he's like well i remember that movie just on the off chance that he subconsciously thinks about it to buy a stella artois at the fucking store instead of a budweiser Budweiser was the funniest shit, but not their actual ads, but what came after. I don't know if you followed that. So Budweiser had this ad where they've they've been doing those ads with like the knights and kings and like medieval settings and shit. And they did a bunch of those during the Super Bowl. But the one that got controversial (laughs) on Twitter was they did this ad where they, they, the, the kingdom of Bud Light or whatever got a fucking order of corn syrup. And they're like, that's not ours. Cause we don't brew our beer with corn syrup. It must be fucking Miller light. So they go on a journey and bring it to Miller light. And then Miller lights like, Oh no, we already got our shipment of corn syrup that we use in our beer. Maybe it's cores and they take it to cores or whatever. And then they're like, yeah, we brew our beer with corn syrup. Like they're brewing it with fucking, Satan's piss or something. <laughs> it's fucking live fire ants in this beer. Don't drink it. Look out as if it's a big fucking deal. And then fucking corn farmers <laughs> and corn Twitter <laughs> got all up in arms because they were like, you motherfucking <laughs> piece of shit Budweiser acted like corn syrup is the devil. <laughs> Corn syrup is the devil. (laughs) It's not high fructose corn syrup that they use. It's just part of the fucking making beer process. Budweiser uses like rice instead. It's like the same thing. No, it's just straight up they're just lying. It's just they're kind of just like saying that like, oh, this has like fucking rat piss in it. When like it doesn't. Like it's it's like the old advertising trick. Yeah. Which is stupid. (laughs) In 2019, because in Twitter God's exists. <laughs> Twitter <laughs> exists, so Big Corn gets on the phone <laughs> and rallies the corn troops and goes ham on Budweiser. Ring, ring, bitch, it's Big Corn. <laughs> and then Miller Lights going like, yeah, but we have less calories than you, bitch. <laughs> and that probably sells more than the fucking nine Super Bowl ads Budweiser bought. So that's probably backfired on them. But at least the dragon from Game of Thrones killed all of them anyway. That was fucking weird. That, that made me not even want to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> Fuck you for doing a Budweiser ad. Do you get money from that, Gurm? Oh, I'm sure. Did Gurm get some money from that sitting in his cabin writing nine Game of Thrones books that aren't the next Game of Thrones book? I'm sure he uh, sure he made buckets. I'm sure they sent him some Budweiser so he can die in one year before he finishes the next book. That's good. God, I 
fucking. Uh. <laughs> I'm being harsh, but that was like that pissed me off. That most of them pissed me off. Eminem commercials pissed me off. Beer commercials pissed me off. Geico didn't have an ad. That's good. I'm glad Geico didn't have an ad. I didn't need a Geico ad. Things that were good. I'm really looking forward to that Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah, for sure. Reboot. Yeah. I love... Give me it. I love Jordan Peele. Oh, I, I love him pieces. I'm looking forward to Avengers 4. Glad that they're only showing what looks to be the first 20 minutes of this movie for the previews. How about that? How about don't show me the whole movie because everyone in America is going to go they see did it the, anyway. Uh, they did the same thing with the first Infinity War. They're not showing shit. They showed a, lo- a significant portion of the movie. Now, I'm not saying that they spoiled anything. And they even like lied straight up. Like They had Hulk and uh, big crowd shots of all the characters running and shit. And Hulk's barely in that movie because he stops being Hulk. He doesn't want to come out after the first fucking scene. Which is cool that they were able to hide stuff that way. But I think they're literally only showing the first 20 minutes of the movie. Which Good. is interesting. Well, you, you there's a lot. I imagine like... After, like, the first, like, five minutes of this movie, it's probably all spoiler territory. So, like, they yeah. have to just only show a tiny bit. I'm excited for it. You don't need to show much else besides, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's Fiddy War Part 2. They were like, oh, fuck! And they go and see it. But advertising is hell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hate it. Go buy some fucking avocados from Mexico, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it. But also, I'm excited for Toy Story 4. <laughs> that was a cute little lad. I like. I it. like that Key and Peele are in this movie as, like, carnival prize characters. <laughs> I, I, we haven't got into that side of the lore yet. All right, so, like, so what, what is considered a toy? What's the, what's the like, stopgap? Is the wheel in The Price is Right that you spin a toy? No. Does that come to life at night and just go, like, I can't believe? <laughs> no, that's just a machine. Okay. But, like, if you read the Pixar theory, eventually the machines take over. And that's when we get a society only featuring machines, which is cars. That's the end of the Pixar timeline. And that brings us to the Matrix Revolution. (laughs) (laughs) And all the cars become real machines and they kill the human race. Picture that like the first short film of the Animatrix, except it's like Lightning McQueen going to Congress. <laughs> <laughs> we deserve rights, okay? <laughs> it's like Mater. <laughs> I'll race you for my rights, dude. I don't care who you are. I deserve rights right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway, what the fuck? I've just talked a lot, so why don't you tell us about the plot to the Matrix Revolutions? Because oh, you okay. probably know Hold what on. happened better let me, than let me. Let me fix my uh, let me fix my good old microphone over here. Okay, mm-hmm. so the the Matrix Revolute loot yeah. starts off with uh, the exact same way in Reloaded ended. Neo's in a coma. Matrix coma. He's in a big old Matrix coma, and now they're finding out. Oh shit! He's not in like a normal person coma. He's in like a god coma. He's so he ma- just like matrix coma. threw himself into the matrix somehow. Everybody's like, "What?" And then turns out Neo's just in a white room, and it's a train station. Yeah. And he gets up, and there's an awkward little girl with her awkward parents. Not good actors. 
the guy was okay. Well, maybe they're fine actors, but the Wachowskis directed them to be as dull as possible. Because the same could be said about Keanu in this scene as well. Because they're just they're it's all so dull and so expository. It is. Yeah, that's uh that's a big problem with the Ma- the Matrix sequels in general. I agree. Um, it doesn't match the the great action scenes that follow. The first forty minutes of that movie are a drag and a half. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, we get through all that, and there's a scene of oh, we gotta go get Neo. So they go talk to the same French boy that we saw in Matrix Reloaded. Turns out... thank God they brought him back. My favorite character, the French guy who made a girl come with pie. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. Turns out Neo's stuck in the midway point between the Matrix and the, the real world? The Matrix station. I don't know. Yeah. Ran by Alan Moore. Uh, crazy homeless looking conductor man. <laughs> and uh Who didn't end up mattering. No, not at all. Thought he was gonna. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Nope. None of them really did, because I guess the entire uh spoilers, the entire matrix gets uh overtaken by Hugo Weaving. <laughs> it yeah. becomes the Hugo Weaving verse. I'd rather live in a matrix that everybody's Hugo Weaving than the regular Matrix. That's fair. It'd be very fucking scary, though. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody overacts. That laugh that he does midway through this movie is the fucking best shit. It's oh so God. fucking funny. I'm sure you know the one. If you look up Hugo Weaving laugh, it'll probably be the first gif that appears. Oh, absolutely. I'm it will sure. Be. It's a puppo. He oh, came my downstairs. Dog, interrupted us. Hi, Just got a sneeze. a sneeze. Got a sneeze on air. Achoo! It's going to be the Gen and Jub and Zans show at this point. Got to sniff a chair during our podcast, OV. He's a good boy, though. He's getting good pets. Good boy getting good pets. Anyway, so they go get Neo, and they bring him back. Mm-hmm. And then he like, I need to see the Oracle. <laughs> yeah, who is now a different actress. Do we know what's up with that? Nope. I'll look up shit while you continue to explain the plot. So they go see Oracle, and she... Just, you know, expounges a bunch of shit on him. And he's like, okay. And then he leaves. And then... Good old... Good old Agent Smith shows up. Hugo... A million Hugo Weavings pop into a building. (laughs) And turn everybody into Smiths, including the Oracle. And now he has... And he hits an ashtray. Or hits a plate of cookies against the wall. Yeah. And spouts some bullshit. About I bet you knew I was gonna throw those fucking cookies, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> and and then everybody's Smiths now, and so they get they get out of the Matrix because oh fuck machines are coming, babe. What do we do? You are growling at my dog is just growling at me, man. That's not part of the plot of the Matrix, man. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Anyway, so. They got to get ready to deal with the machines. And then they find Naobi and Ghost and they little shippy boy. That's the entire crew that was uh, assembled at the end of Reloaded. Sure, sure. They find Naobi and Ghost and they got two ships now. And they're like, oh, fuck. And then Neo, who's been like depressed this whole time, just comes up in front of everybody. He's like, I need a ship. And they're like, what the fuck, dude? Come on. (laughs) 
Can you tell us why, Neo? He's like, I just, I just need it. I just need it, dude. I Stop questioning go, me. I'm I literally go to, I got to go to Machinesville where all the machines live. And d- 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 and they're like, but you'll die. And he like, yeah. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, okay. Everybody else is like, right. what the fuck are you doing? Well, because she talks to the Oracle, who is the ultimate get-out-of-jail-free card in this universe. Because, you know, as long as you do what she says, you're good. I guess. She's a smith now, though. Oops. Oh, damn. Everything sucks. But, yeah, so Neo goes, and, of course, Trinity, like, I'm going with you, babe. And he like, okay. Yeah. And then they get on the ship, and they go. And then... But, uh-oh, plot twist. Remember end of the last movie where Agent Smith uh, hacked into a human? How would you feel to have Hugo Weaving like implanted into like your brain? Like inside of you? Yeah. I don't I don't want to know what it's like. It's like a Hugo you think Weaving it's like a venom situation where like <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to function <laughs> and then Hugo Weaving's like <laughs> pops your head like I'm gonna take over the Matrix Eddie. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like that. I mean he like acts completely like Hugo Weaving, whoever they had to play uh Bane. But Bane? like <laughs> he uh I don't know, this is he he stows away after killing a random uh, who cares character. The uh, medic. Sure. He stows away on Neo and Trinity, well, Niobe's ship that she gave to them, and yeah. attacks them while they're, you know, flying, and uh, manages to blind Neo. Yes. With a b- big old f- thing. There's a sparking wire. Hits yes. him in the fucking eyes with it. Burns yeah, that's his eyes. some good shit. It's completely Ouch. solders, cauterizes them. Ow. Yeah. So this leads uh, Keanu Reeves to look like uh, uh, who from Mortal Kombat? Kenshi. Kenshi from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, he's the, the red uh, the... thing over his eyes. I wonder if they designed him after. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not sure. I don't know when Kenji first appeared. Now, I like the whole concept of Neo being blind. In the real world. I do too. It's interesting. Now, I just... My only wish is that it hadn't have been done like at the end of this f- fucking franchise. Reason being, think about the potential. Let's say, you know, to talk about the start of this movie, Neo is just trapped in the Matrix, right? Uh-huh. What if, like, towards the end of Reloaded, real world Neo gets blinded, right? And then he can't see. And he doesn't realize that he can only see machines yet because there's no machines around. Sure. And they're just floating around in, in the Nebuchadnezzar, right? It would help make the uh, cliffhanger even better, I would think. Right. Because it's like, what the fuck are they going to do now? Neo might not be the one. Neo blind. Actually, probably would have been better than him being in a coma because you just know he's going to wake up from the coma anyway. Yeah, and you can't but see him anything. being blind is like, oh shit, well, how the fuck and is you, that? You could work? spend like time with him struggling with being blind and making yeah. like a huge kind of human thing, kind of make Neo seem more human. Uh, he does not seem like that in this movie at all. No, he, he is, is like a robot, which I don't know. He's the one and he is Jesus for the sake of this movie, but like. Any humanity and, like, relatableness that he had from, like, the first Matrix is, like, completely gone. I could not relate to him. No, not at all. I think there's a reason why people think he's a bad actor. And it's probably this movie. I don't think he is. I think it's the Wachowski's fault. Because I like him a lot in other things. But I digress. Yeah. 
so, but yeah, the, yeah, the, the concept I would like behind that is that he has that. And then you think about it, like, you spend a little more time, right, on that. The only place he can see now, the Matrix. Yeah. So what that does Neo w- that do? That could be an interesting thing. So what does Neo do? He goes to the Matrix. Doesn't want to come out. Right. That could be an interesting character thing. And that to creates play off drama. Of. Mm-hmm. But real character drama. They didn't do that. No. They had to end the story real quick. <laughs> um, not real quick. That movie was long. Too so, long. Anyway, uh, so you blind. You, you and let our a, other side plots. You let the kid. You tell the kids about Matrix. I don't let my dog outside. All right. We're talking about Scorpion King instead oh, while you're gone. I'm just kidding. Uh, big old machine war time is happening. Uh, we got all of our little side characters get little moments. Uh, Hacker Boy and uh, his girlfriend. I remember Hacker Man. Link. Yeah, like Link's girlfriend left behind and then like annoying kid and uh, all these. And, and then a new character who's like a commander guy. Uh, but they're all getting ready to uh, defend Zion because all the fucking machines ever are coming to wreck shit. Uh, and this actually is... The war scenes in this are actually pretty solid. I liked them a lot. I enjoyed the mech fighting and the uh, the drama behind them like trying to shoot rockets and shit. I thought that was all fine. You I know, mean, they did... The Wachowskis did a really good job with the war scenes. They, yeah. uh... They all seem like they're all just like really good, really well made, well choreographed. The machines looked fucking awesome. Yeah, I think there's a couple problems because like the characters we know and like aren't necessarily involved that much in this war scene. They introduce a new commander guy who I did like, but they just introduced him now. It's pretty obvious that he's going to die, and I don't care about that kid. He gets a nice little arc, and it's fine. He gets to prove himself and do some cool shit. But that's predictable as soon as they introduce that character that he's going to end up doing a thing. Uh, And then, like, Link's wife... I I don't even know if I know much about Link. Link is okay, but I think they could have benefited from maybe having a couple more of the bigger characters in this franchise involved in the war scenes. But it still ended up being a cool action scene, and that's what the Wachowskis excel at, for sure. Uh, And then meanwhile, it's... uh, Niobe is driving a ship through dangerous territory because she's the best pilot in the galaxy... And she's going to make the Kessel run. <laughs> Basically what that is, <laughs> yeah. by the way. She, she uh, is, you know, God-tier pilot and is getting them through a sticky situation by being a God-tier pilot. And, you yeah. know, I feel like I'd have more... I-, I like her in this movie enough, but I feel like I'd probably care more if I played Enter the Matrix. Yeah, maybe. And I'm sure back in the day... That might have connected for people more. Yeah, uh, we will. Uh, we're actually going to go over the stuff from Enter the Matrix. Yeah, uh, next week in next our week. Uh, overall wrap up, we're going to watch some supplementary Matrix material that isn't necessarily one of the major movies. But uh, and then I'll also talk about the Matrix Online. 
yeah, the video games I think are uh, important because this was a multimedia kind of thing. Oh yeah, for which sure. is interesting. Uh, but yeah, of course she manages to get back to Zion because of course, and then they manage to EMP blast all the fucking invading Sentinels. But then that's just a stopgap because here's all of them. Now that the machines don't work that they use at Zion. Oops. Fuck. Hope Neo does something. Anyway, Neo's blind. Uh, so they're fucked. But not really. Uh, they get to Machine City. And it's like, whoa, dude. And they're running away from the machines. Really cool scene where uh, they go up to the sky. And you get to see the like actual top of the atmosphere for a second. Like, actual clouds, actual sunshine and shit. Because that's not the part that was destroyed. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Because, yeah, without watching the Animatrix, I would have forgot about that part. Because they don't really go into it in the movies. No. How they uh, humanity blocked it out the sun so that robots couldn't be powered by it. Which is, uh... It's a really cool scene. And then Trinity die. Yep, she just die. Yeah. The big I, I, I really didn't remember her dying. I thought that... I mean, I knew Neo did. Right. Because he's Jesus, so he has to. Yeah, yeah. But I don't remember Trinity himself. dying. Um, It's fine that she does, but, like... It kind of felt like she almost didn't have to. It might have almost felt better if she didn't. She just has the memory of Neo self-sacrificing like, himself. What did she do? Like, I think they had to kill her. Because... What what happens? Like, let's say all the events in the movie still happen, right? What does yeah. she do? She was she just stuck there with the machines? Uh, she has no ship. I don't know. They probably just like let her leave in something because it's peace now. If if she lived, you know what I mean. That no, could have actually been kind of a cool moment because she could like just leave without the machines trying to murder her. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but like I, I don't know. It. I feel like this movie kind of needed a little bit more of that kind of because like you get a little bit of it with Morpheus going like he fucking did it. That was cool, but you don't get a whole lot of that with you know the, the two other main characters are Trinity and Morpheus. But by killing Trinity, you have that much less of a reaction. At the end, because all the other fucking characters in this movie are ones that got added in two. And I don't have as much of a connection with them as I do the main three characters from The Matrix. So, I feel like that might have been a bit of a misstep. I get it. I get why. Make Neo sad. <laughs> but, like, that is that is kind of a generic kind of character development It also puts device. him at the... It also puts him at the point where he has nothing left to lose. Sure. When he goes and talks to the machines. I feel like also they could personify his drive to save humanity as the drive to keep Trinity alive. Because if he doesn't, everybody dies and she's part of everybody. But, like, you know, that could have made sense, too. Yeah, that could have yeah, been yeah, fine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm so, not, I don't mind Trinity dying. I don't mind it. It just feels weird. If they ever reboot this franchise, it's going to be weird when God, she's just not in it. Don't reboot this franchise. Are they all, they're going to do something eventually. No. Every franchise ever comes back now because we live in a 
the current year. Hellscape? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so Neo goes to the machines, and we get Babyface King Machine. What's up with that, Josby? Why is it a baby face? I don't know. <laughs> Actually. Okay. I have no idea why. No, I don't think anybody really knows why. It's just stupid. Whatever. Fuck it. Anyway, they plug him into the Matrix. Well, yeah, because he convinces them that he ha- he is the only one that can stop Agent Smith. And Agent Smith is has taken over the Matrix. And he will eventually, because he has the ability to escape it and attached to real-world people, assimilate even the machines. And they know that. And that's they so they let Neo go in to stop him so that and then his his bargain is end the war because I did this. Which is interesting. Not necessarily how I pictured it ending, really, because like that's all it takes really. Just a bargain like you like yeah, that's see I don't like that either because like what are you just expecting to hold their word? Why couldn't they just, like, Smith dies and you just like, okay, well, there's nobody left to witness this, so fuck you. Let's just kill everybody still. Right. I mean, I I get it, but at the same time, like... Like, why do machines have an honor system? For most of this franchise, the machines have been portrayed as cold and lifeless. Right, so why do they have an honor system? they do not care about the humans. They literally just use them as fuel and discard them as they see fit. The, the It makes a little more sense based on watching the Animatrix where you kind of have that realization that machines can have feelings and drive, but I feel like most people probably didn't watch that that watched all three back in the day, which is a shame because I feel like you definitely should watch the Animatrix. But the like, Animatrix second best, it's technically second best Matrix, uh, air quotes, movie. <laughs> uh-huh. But when you watch all three of these back to back, uh that narrative thread isn't really there. When you add the Animatrix in, it kinda is. With the uh the second Renaissance short, where you understand a little more about Machine's point of view. Not not so in just the movies. I think maybe the closest we get is there's certain program characters like the Oracle. And maybe the Indian family, who are a little more human, but then for the most part, it's 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 agents and fucking French dick. <laughs> it's people like that, the ghost the old boys. French dick. My guy, the Mister French Dick. <laughs> it's my guy. It's my dude. <laughs> Whatever his name was. I forget his. Mal Malika blah blah. Who cares? He became a Smith. I wish that they got the to show that a little bit. The Baklava. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they... It might have been a deleted scene. I forgot to look into this or not. But, like, so we're left to assume that Agent Smith has assimilated the entire world? Yes. In the Matrix. The entirety of the Matrix. So that includes program people like French Guy and his wife and his cohorts and the train guy, and all that shit, right? Yeah. They didn't show any of that. That could have been interesting. Could have, It actually probably would have been satisfying to see the French guy finally be like, oh, fuck. I'm boned. 
Because he was, uh, oh, sorry about that. I'm kicking the mic all kinds of ways tonight. Quit kicking the mic! Jeez. God uh, damn it, Genhart. I, I just, I can't stand it. When I get on the mic, I kick it. Whoa. I'm like Maroon 5 out here. <laughs> Anywho, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we, this franchise could have used a lot more Agent Smith in general. Yeah, I He's think so. He's one of my favorite parts of the entire feels thing. feels like, I mean, I, he, but the entire since, time it's just... Since he basically becomes the final battle, the main villain, and Neo's dark, you know, other side of the coin, I feel like you need to give that more development for that to really work. Because until basically this movie, he is a secondary bad guy. The primary bad guy is... The Machines. Introducing him... kind I mean, he's always been a part of it. But, like... If he's gonna be... The Joker... <laughs> to Neo's Batman... Maybe set that up a little more. I don't know. I guess he made him blind. Whatever. Anyway... We get to the part of this movie that I like a lot. I think... My favorite scene in these movies at all, actually, in general. I've watched the end of The Matrix Revolutions probably more than anything else in the entire franchise. It's sick. It's really sick. It's probably one of the greatest action scenes ever filmed. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm overstating that. It's basically like a Superman fight scene, like a superhero fight scene. Cause it's Neo and an ultra powered Smith. So they have kind of similar abilities when they're in the matrix where they can like fly and, uh, have extreme Kung Fu fights. (laughs) And it is so goddamn entertaining and so goddamn stylish to look at the rain and the way the rain looks falling on them and all the, other Hugo Weavings looking on in the distance and the, the sheer impact of all their fucking massive punches is so lit. I love that scene so much. It's so dope. Um, all the complaints I have about this movie, I can't really complain about this scene. It works. It probably really shouldn't because of what I just said about Smith and what I just said about this movie. But, it kind of helps hold this movie together a bit for me. I might even like it more than the second Matrix. I think probably I do now. solely on the basis of this scene. I think I do now. I used to not because I was just like, God, this movie's convoluted, and stupid, and long. It is, but so's too. Yeah. They're just they're, I think there's just so many problems that arise from both of them. It also feels like they were conceived as one movie. Oh, for sure. And then they yeah. split it into two. The, the, the flow of it feels that way as well. Because uh, your rising action in in is in the end of two. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're, you know, a little bit of a calm before, like, the, the pure end is, is the war and the big Smith fight. But, like, that calm part happens at the beginning of 3, and it's so fucking boring as a result 
the first 40 minutes, again, are just so dull. And just a lot of expository nonsense that doesn't really hold together well with the rest of the movie. But uh, anyway, spoiler alert, Neo wins, but then dies. Because he's Jesus. But he kills the smith and then creates the peace and everybody happy. We get an epilogue of, like, kid going like, Neo did it, we free. And Morpheus going like, he did it. I believed in him the whole time. And then, uh, everybody in the Matrix gets reverted back to how they were. And the little Indian girl and the Oracle. And it ends with the Oracle and the creator of the Matrix, the old white man who delivered an info dump in the last movie talking on a park bench about how the robots are going to let people come out of the matrix if they want and all that jazz this movie is an entire 130 minutes it felt a lot longer 139, so it's what, two, two, uh, two hours, 20 minutes? Okay, so it's like two and a half hours. Yeah. It felt a lot longer. It felt like it was almost three. And I think that's mainly because of that first chunk. It was so slow. I feel like the... the it was so fucking slow. The that war was so with the machines and the Smith part are probably a huge chunk of this film's running time. But those parts were entertaining and flew right by chasing alan moore around on the train felt like a century though i don't care about that part that part seemed like low stakes like oh you're gonna introduce another fucking weird program person to me this late in the series i don't care i don't care about a matrix train just get back to the main plot god yeah it's too much man i it kind of sums up our, my problem with these sequels in general. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. too much. Absolutely. It's just, it's just too much bullshit. Too much bullshit, too much expository vomit. And uh, the action's great, but, I mean, that's what you expect from the Wachowskis. Uh, I was talking to Get Hard about this at the end of the movie. Like, man, everybody should just hire them as directors of choreography. Yeah, I agree. And just have them choreograph your action scenes. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of mad. But, like, in awe of that Smith versus Neo scene, I want that to be how they film, like, a fight with Superman in a Superman movie. It'd be sick. But instead we get, like, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, (laughs) which is, like, for some reason filmed from a distance with, like, vaguely found (laughs) footage-esque kind of shit. That movie sucks. And then, like, yeah, there's lots of slow motion, and obviously that kind of stems from the Matrix a bit, but there's ways to do it where there's so much more impact in the fucking sheer force behind punches and shit, which is what I want when it's a Superman versus, like, someone who's as powerful as Superman. And that's fight. realistically what that was. That would be cool. Yeah, that's what that was. It was a Superman fight. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. But yeah, that's the Matrix Revolutions. Uh... <laughs> Next week, we're going to round this up, and then we're going to watch a better series? No. About the same. I mean, maybe ratio-wise. Yeah. Uh, it has more entries than this one. This will be Well, a... technically, Matrix is half good. 
No. Not all of the Animatrix is good. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's almost half you good. You know what? It's half good. Well, I got you. Yeah, because there's around. parts of 2 and 3 that are really good. That are just objectively great. Yeah. There are great fight scenes. Even as ridiculous as the thousand smiths with Neo fighting him with a pipe <laughs> is. That's still fun. It's still a lot of fun. Great music. But at the end of the day, I, I just feel like there's a reason why nobody likes Matrix 2 and Matrix 3. It's because they just bite off a little more than they could chew. They maybe shouldn't have just like hit the ground running so hard. Maybe should have took a step back and thought about it a little more. If you blinded Neo in The Matrix 2, you could have set up human drama, which is what all of this is missing. If you could have set up Smith is going to be more of a threat than just a, a side bad guy in 2. Right. It could have led to this meaning and or feeling like it means a lot more yeah in three honestly the whole problem with this is just uh better writers and yep. not the wachowskis yeah that's about it yeah yeah all yeah. right everybody i'll see you next week for more stupid bullshit from the game not recorded at 3 30 in the morning uh, i mean we're not gonna watch something that's a million hours long that helps yay Night. Let me hit him. Let me hit him with the Rage Against the Machine ending, just like the Matrix. Come on!